Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Danny, as always and it's lovely to be with you all again even if it is virtually and today's episode is a solo podcast where I'm going to talk about progressing with your training performance or hypertrophy without tracking your macros. The reason I'm going to talk about this is it's something that I commonly get asked from people who want to make progress towards their goals and also from coaches who want to help their clients progress towards their goals without them having to track calories or macros. They're like, how do I even go about that process? And so I'm going to break that down because it's really important that we recognize tracking calories and tracking macros can be an incredibly useful tool when used appropriately. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever when it's used with the right people and if it's appropriate for you. But what's important is is that we don't become reliant upon it and we recognize that we can progress towards our goals, whatever they might be, without that as a tool. It's just a tool in our toolbox that we can utilize that may well help us, but we don't want to get consumed by it. We don't want to feel reliant upon tracking. We don't want to get to the point where if that tool was removed, if we couldn't track for whatever reason, it would cause us to feel stressed or anxious, or it would interfere with our ability to go about our day. And as an example of this is when I was bodybuilding, I remember there was a day where I went to stay over at my mom's house and I forgot my food scales and it caused me so much stress and it made me feel incredibly anxious to the point where I skipped my breakfast instead of just having something and estimating the values of it or just not tracking that specific meal and that's an example where I in that circumstance I was I was reliant upon tracking I probably didn't have the best relationship with it I'd become quite obsessive with it to the point where if I didn't have access to that tool if I felt like I couldn't track accurately then I would forego eating which is not healthy so that's an example of where that boundary was crossed and that became a tool that I was reliant upon and that was almost a bit of a wake-up call for me as to raising my awareness of the fact that I probably had work to do from a relationship with food perspective, didn't have an eating disorder by any means. My relationship with food wasn't in the gutter, but I did have work to do on it because I was very reliant upon that tool and I was becoming very obsessive with the tools that I was utilizing at that time. And I was obsessed with being perfect I was obsessed with being meticulous with hitting my macros to the gram every single day um and weighing every single little bit of food out that I consumed so if you're in that position it's worth tackling your relationship with tracking and yeah I just wanted to use that as an example of where the tool can become you can develop an unhealthy relationship with it and This podcast isn't only for those people who have developed an unhealthy relationship with food. It's also for people who just want to progress towards their goals whilst maintaining a great quality of life or improving your health and your quality of life and not having to sacrifice things like social occasions, not having to track on my fitness pal every single day because not everybody wants to do that. And that's absolutely okay. 
So I'm going to talk about how you can progress towards your goals of building muscle tissue or progressing with your training performance without the need for tracking if you want to go down that route. Um, And it can often, if you're someone who has never tracked before and you want to start making progress with your training performance or your body composition, it can often lead to you maintaining a much healthier relationship with food if you do take the approach of not tracking, because then there's no chance of you becoming reliant upon it. It's not that it will become a healthy tool for everybody, but if you can make progress without it, that's fantastic. So the first thing I want to touch on, if you want to make progress with your training performance, whether that be with your fitness levels or whether that be your strength, Um, And if you want to make progress with hypertrophy, which is building muscle tissue, you do need to be following a structured training program, which is specific to you as an individual and that applies progressive overload. For those of you who don't know, progressive overload is essentially the process of challenging yourself over time. And you can apply progressive overload in many different ways. It isn't just down to the amount of loads you use for each exercise or the number of reps you manage to perform. You can also apply progressive overload by slowing your eccentrics down, um, holding your isometrics, so doing isometric holds, adding those into your training. You can improve your form and execution because if you improve your form and execution, you're going to be applying a more effective challenge and a greater challenge to the muscle groups that you're actually trying to target. And so it's really important to take all of these things into account so that you don't get caught up in just chasing increases in load or increases in the number of reps you're performing, because that can often lead to things like form being sacrificed, which actually can be counterproductive when it comes to your ability to progress towards your goals of improving your training performance, building muscle tissue, and preventing injury alongside that. And injury prevention is super important when it comes to, first of all, your quality of life, because we all know it doesn't feel good to be injured. It's horrible and it interferes with your daily life in so many ways, not just in relation to training. But also it's going to get in the way of you actually showing up for yourself consistently within your training sessions. You know, if you get badly injured, you're going to have to take a break from training and that is going to interfere with your progress. And so injury prevention is is so underrated and incredibly important. So maintaining really good form and execution and really nailing that down is, is so important for so many reasons and will increase your probability of success over the long term, whatever your goals may be for so many reasons alongside that. So yeah, making sure that you're applying progressive overload, but you understand that progressive overload is not just down to load used or number of reps performed is super important. And on the point of following a structured resistance training program that is specific to you as an individual, what I mean by that is if, for example, you want to grow your glutes, then you need to make sure that your glute training frequency is sufficient and that the training volume you have in your program 
is sufficient for you as an individual as well. And what that will look like in terms of the number of sets over the week will be specific to the individual. So start with where you're currently at and build up from there. For example, if you want to build muscle tissue or progress with your strength and you're currently not training at all, just start with one or two training sessions a week, one or two full body sessions a week. Stick with that. Make progress. Start with where you're currently at and then go from there. So start with those one or two sessions a week. See what progress you can make doing that. Make sure that your training program is structured. So you're doing the same exercises from one week to another so that you can get really good at the exercises in your program. You're not just following random workouts off TikTok or Instagram because that's not going to get you anywhere. You've not, if you're changing the exercises you're performing every single week, you're not going to be able to really master those exercises in terms of the skill element of them. And you're not going to be able to apply progressive overload because you're you're chopping and changing far too frequently. So although, yes, sometimes it can get a little bit monotonous, if you're wanting to make maximal progress with hypertrophy or your strength, it's so important to make sure that you're sticking with the exercises in your program for a decent period of time. And for anyone who does get a little bit bored, what I would personally recommend is making sure that you've got your structured resistance training sessions with the same exercises from one week to another. So you're keeping that consistent, but you're adding in variation outside of that. So you might add in variation in terms of the type of cardio that you do, or you might add in some yoga classes, some meditation classes, and you can include your variety there to keep that mental stimulation in place. But make sure that your resistance training is something that is consistent and you've got consistent exercises in there from one week to another. Otherwise, you're going to be basically giving away progress that you could be making. Another alternative is to have variation in your accessory work because the compound movements are going to be the movements that are the most important to keep consistent because they're very complex movements for example a a back squat a deadlift they take a long time to master and a long time to get stronger so you're going to want to keep those consistent on a weekly basis but exercises like a tricep extension a bicep curl they don't take as long to master and if they aren't priority muscle groups for you, it's much more appropriate for you to allow yourself a little bit of variety with those exercises as opposed to the big compound movements and the exercises where the muscle groups you're trying to target are a priority. So if you really must have variation in your training, do it for the exercises that aren't a priority muscle group for you or the accessory movements, which are much easier to master. And you'll be much more likely to see progress as a result of that and as a result of keeping those compound movements and the movements that are targeting your priority muscle groups consistent. It will serve you incredibly well to do so if your goal is to build strength or progress with hypertrophy. So that's a little bit on making sure that you're being consistent with your training program. And just going back to training frequency as well, and you know what I said on starting where you're at and working your way up from there gradually, 
it's really important to make sure that one, you're able to stay consistent with your training given the lifestyle that you lead and your priorities and your other commitments. Make sure that whatever training program you're trying to follow, it fits with your schedule. But it's also important that you're able to recover from your training frequency. And that's why one of the reasons why it's important to start where you're at right now and build up from there rather than making massive jumps in training frequency. Because if you do that, if, for example, you go from not training at all to trying to train five times a week, you're going to be absolutely battered. You're not going to be recovering properly and you're only going to respond well to a training stimulus that you can recover from. And on top of that, if you ramp up your training frequency massively and recovery isn't very good, your training intensity during each individual session probably isn't going to be your best. And your ability to focus and connect with the working muscles, again, probably isn't going to be your best. So another reason why it's really important to make sure you start where you're at and build up gradually so that you can keep recovery in a good place and you can respond well to your training as a result of that. And you can also really, really, really perform to the best of your ability in each individual session. And it's so important to make sure that you're smart with your training split as well again, to make sure that you can actually recover properly and therefore respond well to your training. So I would recommend that everybody, no matter who you are, has at least one full rest day a week to make sure that recovery stays in a good place. And another thing that I would recommend is making sure that you're not training the same muscle group two days on the bounce where possible. So you wouldn't want to do two leg days back to back because again, if you did, your recovery wouldn't be in the best place and your performance wouldn't be in the best place either. So try and alternate muscle groups over the week. If, for example, you're on a lower body or upper body split, alternate those sessions. If you're on a full body split, try and have a rest day between each full body session if you can. And that will make sure that your performance and your recovery is in the best place possible. Another thing that it's important to take into account when it comes to programming for hypertrophy if you're wanting to build muscle tissue is working within a sensible rep range and what I personally mean when I'm referring to this is working within a rep range where you're going to be able to connect with the working muscles that you're trying to target and a rep range where you're able to keep recovery in a in a good place so fatigue isn't going to be through the roof it's not too taxing um, which sometimes incredibly low reps can be and um, you're able to maintain really good form. So what the rep range I will usually program for clients across their session, you know, I'm not saying I will give them this exact rep range for every exercise. I'll give them a variety of different rep ranges, but within this rep range um, generally, and then there'll be the odd exercise which goes outside of that, especially if there's someone that wants to develop their strength as well as progressing with hypertrophy, then obviously there's a time and a place for lower rep ranges. But if somebody's priority is hypertrophy, I would generally stay somewhere between about six and 15 reps for most exercises. And then there'll be the odd exercise where they have a slightly higher rep range and the odd exercise where they have a slightly lower rep range just to include some variation in there. And again, like we said, we know that lower reps can be beneficial for strength, which ties into hypertrophy and is enjoyable for some clients. 
Um, and then sometimes higher reps has its place for hypertrophy as well. But the reason I don't generally tend to program a lot of exercises lower than around six reps is because if we're working in a rep range lower than six reps, so one rep maxes, two rep maxes, three rep maxes, um, they are very, very, very taxing. And the injury risk is going to be very high. And again, if we get injured, it's going to be likely to interfere with our progress over the long term, as well as our quality of life and our overall health. So we want to be preventing injuries as much as possible. So that's one of the main reasons I won't generally tend to program many exercises below around six reps when the client's goal is hypertrophy. On top of that, it is difficult to connect with the muscles that you're trying to target when you're working in really low rep ranges especially with compound movements because again they're such complex movements you've got so much to think about and you've also just not got as much time that the muscle is under tension when you're performing those sets at really low reps so that's another reason a large part of the reason why like I said, I will program the odd set that's above 15 reps for most clients, but I won't program many sets over that rep range because it's very difficult, one, to maintain really good form and to control your eccentrics for more than 15 reps because one, it burns, it's fatiguing, and two, it gets a bit boring. And three, it's hard to actually establish whether you're training close to failure or not, or whether you're just getting tired because you're doing that many reps um, and whether other muscle groups might be fatiguing because again, you're doing that many reps. So that's why I tend to not go above around 15 reps very frequently for clients whose priority is hypertrophy. So there's some, programming considerations to take into account because although I'm going to be talking a lot around nutrition and how to make progress with hypertrophy in your training performance without tracking food it's really important that you're nailing training if you wish to make progress with your training performance or hypertrophy and so it's so important that I don't overlook that on this podcast and I wanted to to cover that first and foremost well the basics of that and if you have any questions on anything that I've just touched on in relation to training drop me a dm on instagram and I will cover it in the next podcast uh, please let me know if there's anything that you want me to expand on from that perspective in terms of nutrition because we are talking about making progress with hypertrophy or your performance without tracking what I usually do with clients is I will make sure to at at least set them some habit-based targets and have some kind of way of giving them feedback on their nutrition so from the perspective of giving them feedback on on their nutrition 
I will make sure that there's some kind of monitoring, maybe not every single week, but I might get them to take food pictures on a few days of the week, on the odd week, so that I can give them feedback on that and just check up on where where they're at, what their nutrition is looking like, what their structure is looking like. Um, and that will enable to it will enable me to make sure that they're covering all bases and doing what they need to do to make progress towards their goal. They know that when they're sending food pictures or whatever reporting they're doing, there's never any judgment from me. I'm purely giving them feedback based on their goals so that they can make the best progress possible. But there's never any judgment from me whatsoever. And they know that. And usually it's just small tweaks and examples of how they could really make sure that they're covering all bases to make maximal progress towards their goal. Um, so yeah, food pictures is a great way of doing that. Another option is sometimes I'll just say, look, just write down what you've had to eat throughout the day in the notes on your phone and send it over just so I can have a little look over that and I'll give them feedback over that. So there are a couple of examples of monitoring if you're not using tracking calories or macros. Now, onto habit-based targets. We know that protein is important when the goal is to build or maintain muscle tissue. So we want to be having regular protein feed-ins throughout the day to elevate something called muscle protein synthesis, otherwise known as MPS. And that will help aid recovery. And it will also make sure that we're making maximal progress with hypertrophy or maintaining muscle tissue. It will also, on the flip side of that, just to touch on it briefly, if your goal is is fat loss, as well as helping you retain muscle tissue, it will also help you manage your hunger levels because protein is the most satiating macronutrient, which means it makes you feel fuller for longer. Obviously, that isn't really relevant if your goal is to build muscle tissue. It's not so important, um, but we'll come on to sort of hunger levels in a hypertrophy phase a little bit further on in this podcast but yeah we want to make sure that we're having regular protein feedings spread throughout the day and what can help with that is making sure that you've got easily accessible protein sources sources in things like whey protein that you can make into a shake or a smoothie greek yogurt quark cottage cheese protein mousse protein snacks protein yogurt um things like that can be really handy as well as meat fish eggs all of that good stuff and obviously there are loads of vegetarian and vegan alternatives these days too so don't be afraid to think outside of the box with your protein feedings as a rough guide for a lot of you listening to this making sure that you have 20 grams of protein from ideally from the predominant protein sources in each meal will be sufficient and I'm saying the majority of you listening to this I'm talking about small females a lot of um you know bigger males will need a little bit more protein than that but for most of you small females listening to this 20 grams of protein per serving will be sufficient if you are somebody who is you know a, a more muscular male then you might want to veer more towards 25, 30 grams of protein per serving. So that's just something to, to take into account. And for anyone listening who does want to be more specific, if you want to work it out, 
to really maximize muscle protein synthesis, we ideally want to be consuming around 0.4 grams per kilogram body weight per meal of protein. So if you want to work that out based upon your body weight, you can do, but there's no need to specifically if you aim to be somewhere between about 20 and 30 grams of protein per serving you'll be covering all bases you'll be absolutely fine and like I said for a lot of the women listening to this 20 grams at least 20 grams in each meal is a great guide so if you can have four protein feedings spread throughout the day that's best case scenario not a problem if the odd day it's three but try and aim for four where possible if you do want to make as much progress with building muscle tissue as you possibly can or maintaining muscle tissue if you're losing body fat we ideally want to be having a decent serving of carbs pre and post workout if we're wanting to build muscle tissue or perform maximally you know progress from a training perspective the reason for this is that carbohydrates are our predominant fuel source for resistance training and on top of that it's a good little rule to have because if you aren't having a decent serving of carbs pre and post workout it's probably going to be quite hard for you to make sure that you're consistently in a slight surplus which is required to progress with hypertrophy to build muscle tissue so we ideally need to be consistently in this state where we're taking in slightly more energy than we're expending if we wish to really build as much muscle tissue as possible and setting little habit-based targets like making sure that you're having carbs pre and post workout can help make sure that you're doing that as well as promoting improved training performance and improved recovery. So that's a great little goal to strive for if your goal is to build muscle tissue or progress from a training performance perspective. And what carbs that is can be whatever your preference is. The one thing I would say is try to avoid consuming really high fiber carbs pre-workout because if you do, it's probably going to cause some discomfort as it's probably going to sit in your stomach for quite a while and take a while to pass through the digestive system. So avoid having a lot of fiber pre-workout, have something that sits really well with you as an individual that you know isn't going to cause you any discomfort so that you can focus on your session and perform well and you've not got any pain or anything like that or bloating. So have something that sits really well with you pre-workout. But other than that, it can be whatever your preference is. You don't have to consume typical bodybuilding foods you don't have to consume things like cream of rice or oats if you don't want to have something that you're genuinely going to enjoy because it's gonna make your life a lot happier and it's gonna be more likely for you to keep your relationship with food in a good place alongside that as well something that's really important to you don't necessarily need to set this as a habit-based target and it's not necessarily a habit-based target that I would set clients but it is something that you need to be aware of and that I make sure that my clients are aware of and that's that you are going to have to eat beyond hunger at times when your goal is hypertrophy so there's going to be times where you're not necessarily hungry but you do need to eat something in order to make sure that you're consistently in that surplus and therefore in that position to maximally succeed with building muscle tissue. So if, for example, you get to one of your protein feedings 
but you're like, I'm, I'm really not hungry right now. There's going to be times where if you really want to maximally succeed with muscle tissue, you're building muscle tissue, you're going to have to eat in that circumstance. And what I would recommend to clients in this scenario, if you're not massively hungry, first of all, don't force feed if you're uncomfortably full. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is there's going to be times where there's not going to be much hunger present and you're going to have to eat something regardless if you wish to maximally succeed with your goals. And to help you manage this, what I'd recommend doing if your goal is hypertrophy is to make sure that you've got plenty of energy dense foods in your diet. So whereas when we're dieting, we might look to have lots of high volume foods in our diet to help us manage hunger. We want to flip that when it comes to building muscle tissue. So we want our focus to be on swapping any diet foods out. So you don't want like bagel thins, 0% fat Greek yogurt all the time. You want to switch them for their quote unquote normal alternatives. So you might want to swap bagel thins for full-size bagels. You might want to swap 0% fat yogurt for full fat or 5% fat yogurt you might want to consume some more nuts and seeds and dried fruit rather than whole fruit. You might want to consume more liquid calories, whether that's full fat milk, whether it's making smoothies and protein shakes and adding some peanut butter to it or some oats or something along those lines. Think outside of the box and think about doing the opposite to what you would do if you were dieting when the goal is to maximally build muscle tissue. On top of this, it's going to be really beneficial for your overall health to swap out these diet foods and incorporate more full fat alternatives anyway, because they generally tend to be more nutrient dense, more beneficial for us. And also they're generally more enjoyable. Full fat Greek yogurt tastes so much nicer than 0% fat Greek yogurt. And that is going to have a positive impact on your relationship with food if you can enjoy the food that you're consuming. So again, another reason to swap out these diet foods if the goal is hypertrophy. And rather than packing every meal full of vegetables, think about, yeah, you still want to have some veg in your diet, but you don't need the quantity to be excessive. And think outside of the box when it comes to vegetables and plant-based foods and think about the lower volume versions rather than having massive salads for example you might choose to have some roasted carrots and parsnips that's just an example of how you might decrease food volume while still getting plenty of fruit and veg in your diet and again dried fruit is a great example and making food, sure that food volume isn't excessive on the whole is, is going to be super important. So not even just swapping out traditional diet foods, but also just being aware of foods that are higher in volume um, that maybe aren't classed as diet foods that you might not want to consume excessive amounts of. And again, just being intentional about incorporating plenty of energy dense foods in things like liquid calories can sometimes help as well. Like I said, other than smoothies and protein shakes and a uh, full fat milk, you could think about things like soups potentially, but soups that have plenty of energy in them, not the like low calorie soups um, and coffees and things like that as well. Like milk coffees, don't be afraid to utilize these things and include lots of variety, you know, make your food enjoyable, make an effort with cooking, and it will make your life so much easier when it comes to getting the energy that you need in. So 
they are some things that I would nail from a nutrition perspective when it comes to progressing with hypertrophy or your training performance. If you're really struggling with your appetite, you could consider um, an intra-workout or something along those lines. An intra-workout could be a carbohydrate-based drink. Um, you could also add some electrolytes and some of your supplements to that if you wanted to. But that's for if you're really, really struggling with your appetite and you need to get some more food in. Another thing is make sure that you've eliminated any diets, diet-based habits that might have developed if you have dieted in the past. So avoid fasting, avoid going for extended periods of time without eating, because again, these things are going to make it really difficult for you to get the energy that you need in to maximally progress with your goals. So they might have been things that have served you in the past when your goal has been fat loss, but you need to eradicate them and address them. Now your goal is hypertrophy. So fasting isn't usually helpful when the goal is hypertrophy, because it's going to just really make it hard to get the food that you need in. On top of that, I think something that's often overlooked when the goal is to maximally build muscle tissue is digestion. And so when it comes to nutrition, it's important to make sure that you've got plenty of variety in your diet in order to maintain a really healthy, diverse gut microbiome and keep your digestion in the best place possible because you'll only utilize the nutrients that you can actually digest and absorb properly. And so we want to keep digestion in the best place possible. There's also a huge link between stress and the gut. And so when it comes to making sure digestion is in a good place, it's going to be really important to minimize stress where possible and incorporate plenty of stress management tools because we know that stress is unavoidable as we go through life for many different reasons. So make sure you've got stress management tools in place and you're working on your stress resilience because that will help you no end when it comes to keeping digestion in a good place and therefore maximally succeeding with hypertrophy because it's pointless shoveling all this food and if you can't digest it properly. So that's something to bear in mind. Something else that I'm going to touch on during this podcast, whilst I've spoken about the fact you do need to be in a slight surplus in order to maximally succeed with hypertrophy, you don't need to be in an excessive surplus. You don't need to gain huge amounts of body fat. It's something that is often sort of pushed in bodybuilding, going through quite aggressive hypertrophy phases or quote unquote bulks where you gain a lot of body fat. It's an approach that is, you know, it's an option. But I know that a lot of people, I know that a lot of women especially, don't want to go through phases where they gain significant body fat. So if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, please rest assured that you do not have to gain significant body fat in order to build muscle tissue. And for a lot of people, myself included actually, they and I am okay with a slightly slower rate of of muscle tissue gain in order to maintain decent condition. And actually, if you think about it logically, sometimes gaining excessive body fat in hypertrophy phases, one, it could be quite harmful from a health perspective in some circumstances if you're really gaining a lot of body fat and you're gaining that body fat quickly. But on top of that, it's likely to lead to you getting really uncomfortable and then having to go back into a fat loss phase. So you're taking time away from that time in an energy surplus where you're getting sufficient energy coming in. And so for a lot of people, it probably is favorable to 
accept a slightly slower rate of gain, but be able to spend longer times in a hypertrophy phase, longer periods of time in a hypertrophy phase, therefore more muscle growth over the long term, and to be able to live a better quality of life because they feel more comfortable and confident in their own skin. So that's something to bear in mind. I don't want you to leave this podcast thinking you have to go through excessive bulks where you really push body fat up because it's not the case. And whilst I'm talking, I will touch on supplements as well. So I'm not a massive pusher of like a huge shopping list of supplements because first of all, it's only ever the icing on the cake anyway, and it can get very expensive. And there are a lot of supplements that are pushed that are not evidence-based as well. But creatine monohydrate is a great all-round supplement and there's evidence behind creatine for supporting cognitive function as well as our performance in the gym and muscle building um, or muscle tissue retention if you're dieting. So creatine monohydrate is a great supplement. It's one of the supplements out there that has a huge amount of evidence behind it for a large variety of different reasons and it's something that I would recommend everyone take if they can if it's accessible financially and you don't need any other creatine it's just creatine monohydrate you don't have to load it you can just take five grams per day every day and that will saturate your body's creatine stores um, and creatine is involved in energy production which is one of the reasons it has many benefits on top of that I would just recommend basic health supplements so One of the common deficiencies in our country is vitamin D through the winter months because we get very little daylight exposure. So vitamin D3 is something that I would recommend. On top of that, you might consider a good quality fish oil if you don't consume much oily fish in your diet. So that is another one to consider. Um, And then outside of that, I would just say there are optional supplements that you could consider. Um, And one that I personally... I'm a big fan of because I notice its effects is support max neuro PM, which contains magnesium and ashwagandha. Um, so that is something to consider, but again, not an absolute necessity. It's just one of my personal favorite supplements that I really enjoy. And obviously another option is caffeine. Um, especially, you know, if you need a little bit of a pick me up before you train, but if you are going to consume caffeine, avoiding it later in the day is hugely beneficial because it does have quite a long half-life and it has a half-life of an average of around six hours. And what that means is if you consume a coffee at, at midday, at 12 midday, six hours later than that, so at 6 p.m., half of that caffeine will still be in your system and then it tapers down from there. So it can have an effect on your sleep if you consume it later in the day, which is why I would generally advise clients try and steer away from caffeine after around 1 p.m. because for some people, the half-life is longer. So it could be even longer than that six hours. And that's why it can have a negative impact on sleep, which could therefore interfere with your recovery and your training performance and therefore your progress. So that's something to bear in mind, but it is great for a bit of a pick-me-up. It's also just important to be aware that if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, it can sometimes make that worse. So in your circumstance, you might want to avoid it or minimize it. So that's something to take into account. But I really hope that this podcast has been helpful and has given you an idea of where you can start 
when it comes to making progress with your training performance or hypertrophy without having to track calories or macros because it absolutely is possible and for a lot of people it's more beneficial and they'll see more long-term success if they take the approach as opposed to tracking some people will be fine with tracking but others will find this a much better approach if you have any questions please drop me a dm on instagram my instagram is danny bosworth And if anyone is interested in working one-to-one with me, I do currently have some spaces available and it would be my absolute pleasure to hear from you and have a chat. There is never any strings attached. I don't ever push anyone into anything. So you do not need to be worried about that. I hope you're all having a wonderful day and I will speak to you soon.